the fan. become a nightmare for Gophers football fans. Kind of like this song, don't you? What are your thoughts? <laughs> I'm just glad that this one made the wedding playlist. It's, it is going to be first dance? No, I didn't get first dance privileges with okay. this, but this will be one of the slow songs we get. You didn't get any say in the first dance song, did you? <laughs> I think uh, I'm smart enough to now know that I shouldn't probably answer that. No, I but I think you can read between the lines a little bit. Ryan Burns, gopherillustrated.com. You can follow him at Ryan Burns MN. How's the website doing? It's doing well. I mean, getting five-star basketball commitments really helps, but it would be a lot better if uh, we can talk more positively about this gopher football team. But, I mean, all in all, we're actually doing pretty well this year, so I'm happy about that. I've never, I've never interacted with him personally, but kind of following with the Dennis Evans news and such, and really over the last several years, Ryan James does great stuff for you guys. Yes. And that's, where I've, that's who I follow and get most of my intel on Gophers Hoops. But, uh, and, and that's the key, is it's a super, super cost-effective membership uh, gopherillustrated.com and you can get everything you want whether it be on pj's team or ben johnson's team who may have a one and done in this dennis evans cap <laughs> maybe he looks crazy he looks awesome yeah not every day you can get a seven footer with that kind of length and and that kind of athleticism and that kind of shot blocking ability and that's where i feel like every single year for my entire life purdue has just had like three different seven footers that are about seven foot nine and they just completely clog up the lane, and that's yeah. why part of the reason why Purdue's so good every dang year. And so now for the Gophers to have as much size as they do with Jamison Battle and Dawson Garcia, Trayton Thompson, among others, and then you get to add in a guy like Dennis Evans, maybe Minnesota can actually have some size and some versatility there in the Big Ten. Well, and it was, it was Coburn for Illinois, and you mentioned it. Purdue finds, I mean, they just, they're tripping on seven-footers. <laughs> Michigan is it, but... The physicality of the Big Ten Conference and, you know, some of the, the better years that Gophers Hoops have had, with whether it was Jordan Murphy, who didn't necessarily have the size, but he had the strength and the physicality. Reggie Lynch before 
I don't even know what happened off the court, but he was a block machine when he was there. Of course, in Bakway, you can go down these lines, but right. uh, to get a true seven-footer with his ability is going to be sweet for Ben Johnson's team. Now, uh, you're here to talk about PJ's team, but I want to talk about how the bow hunting is going first. <laughs> oh, boy. I want to know how it's been because you uh. have... You have 35 trail cameras. I have too many. There are there are you know sh- certainly secure government facilities <laughs> that have fewer uh, fewer cameras, uh, trip wires, lasers uh, than than you do trying mm-hmm. to track down uh, Bambi or Bambi's dad, I should say. Yeah. Uh, while out there with the bow. Well, hopefully his grandpa. I don't know that I necessarily. I I don't know if it's 35. I'd actually have to think about it. I know it's over 20. And I know it's a problem, and this is us talking about it, admitting it, and, and just realizing that it, there are a lot worse problems to have in your life than how much I'm spending on trail cameras. But when you do something like what we do, you know, you your nights and weekends are always, when you work in sports, just yeah. you're never there. Correct. And so when you do get the limited time, like during the week, like I, I will never be able to hunt on a weekend, more or less. And so that's where... That's where everybody working the nine to five, Monday to Friday, that's when they get to go out. Well, I get to go on like a Tuesday morning or a, a Wednesday afternoon or something random like that. But I was out this week, um, didn't get to see the ones I was after, which that's the way it goes sometimes. But I feel pretty good. You know, I'll be out there quite a bit, hopefully in the latter part of next week. But there are a couple ones that I think that would certainly get an arrow. Now, it's just got to be. Everything's got to line up. Right place, right time. Yeah, and you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to harvest them sitting on the couch. And that's you're not I, still using those illegal salt licks, are you? <laughs> no, those are how <laughs> probably DNR people listening. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're doing a, we're doing everything by the book. There's no uh, there's no shining. There's no feed okay. out, more or less. So no, it's it's clear, and you know me well enough now. I've I've that's one like I'm super. I'm I'm very jealous. Uh, because I'm I'm getting, you know, texts periodically and I'm seeing pictures on social media, people going pheasant hunting, uh, you know, deer weekends and, and such. Yep. Um, I've never gone hunting and I want to that's, so badly. It's still mind boggling. I grew up with I mean, and, and I have several lifelong buddies that are in a duck boat every every fall. Like mm-hmm. th- that's their thing. And oh, it's, yeah. you know, packing the truck full of decoys and setting up spots on, on somebody's land. Sounds like a, a lot of weekends for me from age 10 to 18 going out west to uh say the Ortonville area. Exactly. And, oh yeah. But but I grew up I grew up in a household let's just say that wasn't as much against that as sure. humanly possible. No, I got gotcha. you. So I I grew up, you know, the the scales of opinion mm-hmm. were at home, which as a kid that usually weighed the heaviest. Uh that's awful, it's terrible, that you know there's shotguns involved. It's 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 scary, it's terrible. But then on the other side, growing up with those that absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. So before it's it's on the Nordo's bucket list <laughs> that I'm going to sit out in the cold and I'll bring snacks. It's not are and we wait talking, it out. And we're talking duck hunting or deer hunting in this. Any instance. sort of hunting. Well, I would just any say of it. The first thing I would do to initiate you to the outdoors if you want to do hunting is we would we would take you waterfall hunts or whether that's ducks or geese because that's okay that's a lot more fast pace you don't have to be as quiet i mean you're able to shoot the gun and again i'm not necessarily worried about somebody like you making poor decisions with the shotgun i mean i think it's pretty self-explanatory but it's much more fast i know the fundamental laws of firearms safety. We're okay <laughs> yeah so I'm not, I'm not worried about it from that aspect but just for you to kind of see what it's like to have say 
I don't know, a flock of teal comes screaming through the decoys and you got to swing left to right and hopefully be able to get a couple of them on the ground. Like it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of fun and it's a lot less, again, deer hunting is a lot more individualized in terms of you're just sitting there quiet for hours on end, trying to be as still as humanly possible, trying to make sure that especially if you're playing Robin Hood, that you can get them within 30 yards and have them make, you know, a poor decision and you make the the ethical shot and bing bang boom but we got to get you on a duck blind that's what i've learned today how's tanner doing that's a great question um I, you know he's incredibly i'll say this he's incredibly questionable for the game this weekend and i think if anyone has followed this thing you know he takes the uh the right jab to the helmet as the illinois defenders trying to punch out the football misses by three feet tanner gets a right cross to the head and has to leave the game immediately, goes to the hospital. And where I'm at with this whole thing is you even look at towards the NFL with everything that happened with Tua, with the way that the Miami Dolphins handled that concussion protocol thing. And I think you've seen in the in the weeks since then how cautious the NFL has been with anything concussion-related. And I think that's trickled down into the collegiate ranks. And I know that I'm not incredibly sure what to expect. Now, if you if I was a betting man, of which you know I certainly am, I think Ethan Kaliak Manis, everybody's favorite quarterback, the number two, uh, is going to get his first career start in a whiteout game <laughs> tomorrow night, which <laughs> I don't know that that's incredibly fair to a freshman quarterback to make your first career start in front of 109,000 screaming fans on the road in a primetime night game, but that's the reality of the situation. So I think they're going to see if Tanner – what they can get done with Tanner here in the next 36 hours. I wouldn't rule him out for the game this weekend, but if I was a betting man, I think Ethan is going to get his time to shine this weekend. So starting him in prime time, it's a whiteout. There's a hundred thousand Indian Lions fans in attendance. So that'll have its, that'll have its own uh, issues and bumps in the road for the kid. Yep. But I, I have heard this now mentioned many times and Kelly McManus threw Two picks in champagne. Okay, mm-hmm. tough situation. You're trying to force it. It's it's hail mary, hoping for a miracle time against Bielema's team. But I have heard so many people say that from the the long play, they actually like Kaliak Manis from a ceiling or talent standpoint. Oh, yeah. more than they like Tanner. That's accurate. Yeah, I mean, there, if if it breaks right and in 2024 after Ethan's done or whatever it ends up being. I think he has the best chance to be the first go for quarterback drafted since I think Tony Dungy. And that was before both you and I were alive. Jeez. So, I mean, it's been a very long streak for go for quarterbacks, but you look at the talent that Ethan is, who was a four star coming out of high school for a reason. He's big. He's six, three, he's athletic. He's got an arm. I mean, they call him the Greek rifle behind the scenes there mm. at the go for football complex. It's just, he's a second year player. And the and the transition from high school football to collegiate football is a big transition, especially for a quarterback that's actually got to re- learn how to read a defense, the speed of the game, among other things. And that's where, again, I don't know what we're going to see from Ethan if it, he is the starter tomorrow night. I don't have incredibly lofty expectations, but it's going to be long-term, to your point, like if he is the starter next season, which I think he should be considered the favorite to be, I mean, I think there is certainly a ceiling there with his athletic abilities that we haven't seen at the go for quarterback position in some time. Now, nobody's been more row the boat and PJ Fleck um, than Tanner Morgan. Right. And of course, you know, the commitment to Western Michigan follows him here. The rest is history. 
But is there any aspect, and, and this is not even necessarily a shot at Tanner per se, and right now I just hope he gets healthy. And mm-hmm. Tanner's a great dude, and he's provided a lot of success at that position, a lot of wins. But is there any way that his tenure, when you start seeing these fifth- and sixth-year guys, that maybe they've inhib- you know, in, inadvertently inhibited the growth or development in some of those positions? Well, it's funny you say that because you look at the two teams for this weekend's game, and Penn State's asking the same questions because they have a sixth-year quarterback in Sean Clifford who, who was the starter in that 2019 game when Minnesota and hmm. beat Penn State uh, in 2019. But they've got a, a five-star quarterback behind him. that They're asking the same questions we are. What is the ceiling with this six-year quarterback in the short term and in the long term? Are we better off just moving forward with the younger kid and seeing what he has to kind of move forward? But what I would tell both fan bases is both teams have a lot to play for yet. Like we're talking about a five and one Penn state team and a four and two Minnesota team. And regardless of, I think the outcome this weekend, you look at the final five games of the season after this game, Minnesota should be favored in all five. Like there, there's a real chance they could go nine and three at now do a lot of things still have to change for that to go their way. Sure. But the long-term versus short-term aspect, to your point, is it, it's an interesting talking point because I don't know what the right answer is. Is Tanner Morgan inhibiting it? I don't think so because I think there's such bigger issues with this passing game than Tanner right now. Like, I look at the receiving core as my number one culprit right now. They, they can't get open. They can't make a contestant catch. So they're going to change quarterbacks potentially this weekend. Is the quarterback going to be able to make the receivers attack the football? Is the quarterback going to be able to make the offensive line pass protect better i don't think so but um, again maybe a change of scenery maybe a change of signal caller at least sparks something hey let me let me ask you something i don't want to i don't want to sound like i'm unprepared but you mentioned the receivers mm-hmm. and and it reminded me so Otman bell obviously tough injury for him and that's that's a huge hole to fill am i missing something with dalen right here like what's up with him i i don't think i've seen him register a stat in the last couple of games am i am i missing something he just needs to play better he's out there I mean, he is, okay. again, he is the most physically gifted receiver they have. He's 6'3 and long and explosive. But he's, I mean, more or less, he's playing like someone the size of Quentin Redding, who, peace and love to him, Minnesota's kick returner, breaks a 92-yarder last week, is probably five foot six, 160 pounds. You have to play to your size. I mean, there have been opportunities for him to make plays. He just hasn't made them. And that's kind of been the story of the last two weeks is, yeah, six picks to zero uh, passing touchdowns for the Gopher quarterbacks, but... Look deeper than that. It's they're one of 11 in 50-50 ball situations the last two weeks the receivers are. One of 11? One of 11 via pro football focus in that. Oh. So contested catches. So That's if, awful. If 50-50 balls right now for gopher receivers are 10-90 balls, you're, I don't care who the quarterback is, you're not going to be winning any football games if your receivers can't go make a play. And that's where for Dalen, it's consistency. You even saw in that final play of the game where he just gives up on a route. And it's an interception. I mean, you can't have that happen yeah. and expect to continue to get snaps. That's Ryan Burns, Gopher Illustrated, at Ryan Burns MN via Twitter. Follow him for Gopher updates, Gopher opinions, Gopher intel, and expertise via Twitter. Uh, GopherIllustrated.com is where you get uh, the more longer form, where you actually get substance. GopherIllustrated.com, the place to go. More on the, the maroon and gold and maybe a couple of Big Ten slash college football at large bits around the corner it's nordo in for pa nine to noon do we have a keyword potentially to give away we uh, do have a keyword some cash and grand in hands and things that that is correct the Take fan away. and granite logistics want to give you a shot at a grand in your hand with the national cash contest 
Head to KFA.com, enter the keyword deposit. That is deposit for your shot at $1,000. KFA.com, keyword deposit. More 9 and new with Ryan. Fan, the fan. Play action. Looking to throw, and it's a wheel round, and Chase Brown is all alone down the sideline. 10 5 touchdown. 40 yards. He got behind Braylon Oliver, who turned and looked at the rest of the defense, so maybe that wasn't his assignment. He just maybe happened to be the first man around him, but he turned. We're going to stay second and seven. Morgan wants to throw. Fakes it. He has some room up the middle, and he's in. Touchdown. He pump faked left. That freed up the middle, and he sprinted to the end zone for a TD, his fourth rushing TD of the season, and a huge drive by the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Go for football at Penn State tomorrow evening. It is prime time. Feels like an ABC game, isn't it? It is. Yeah, 6.30 p.m., uh, the kickoff, and it's a whiteout game, 110,000, wearing white. Gophers are only four-point dogs. Well, and I think that might have something to do with Michigan running for 400 yards. Yeah, how about that? On them last weekend, Saucy and I were doing a promotional appearance at um, at St. Croix Casino in Turtle Lake. That place kicks ass. They got live betting there. They basically have live betting everywhere except for Minnesota. This is, you know, we'd change the topic. We'd have we'd have a similar conversation where really cool stuff is just on the other side of that border, including St. Croix Casino and Turtle Lake. But just watching it, it was early on. Penn State got a pick six, I think, and they may even take may have even taken the lead. It was seventeen fourteen, but then they just decided, you know what, we're we're just going to let you run for yeah. four hundred yards on us, and Michigan pulls away. <laughs> so how do we sum up like? You know what we do. Like this is this could be a, a nice game for Mo. Should be. He should get his fifteenth consecutive one hundred yard game, which would tie Ezekiel Elliott, the, uh, the Man, Cowboys running back, former Ohio State great, for the longest consecutive streak in the Big Ten of consecutive one hundred yard games. There was that long run, and I think it led to the touchdown where the Gophers briefly had the lead in Champaign. Yeah, 44-yard run. He cuts, cuts across the field. Oh, oh, just yeah. needed him to finish that thing off, you know. But <laughs> it was it, it's so beautiful sometimes. And his top-end speed, just it, it's not – he's never going to be a track star. Especially so. after Achilles. Yeah, correct. So, But the way that he weaved his way through that mix and then made that one cut to get out into the open, it was so good. So good to see him after that late scratch bit with Purdue – but Mo, Trey Potts, can we, can we, uh, can we, maybe, maybe 400 is a bit much, but can, can we get two and a, two and a hook they're gonna on need, these guys? Yeah, they're going to need Mo to have 200 yards in this game. And that's where you mentioned it last week. I think that game was a lot closer in that first half than maybe the score. In, you know, the score indicates it's a close yeah. game. You watch that game, Michigan dominates the whole time. It's just they made a couple of key mistakes that kept Penn State in it. And then Penn State puts the foot on the, you know, on the chest. Of Penn State for a 41-17 to victory, but those running backs would just had gigantic lanes. Now, yep. Blake Corum, I think, is a Heisman candidate and one of the best running backs in the country for Michigan. But Mo's really good, too. And that's where I've talked about it on Gopher Illustrated, Gopher Gridiron Radio, that I think Mo is a guy that should have his number retired after the season. Mm-hmm. Like, he's that good. We're talking about a guy that has 650 collegiate carries 
He's averaging 5.7 yards per carry on those. That's insane. It's incredible. And you mentioned it. It's not because he's some, you know, he is an incredibly gifted athlete, but he's probably a guy that runs a 4-7, which in this day and age of college football is, a, is unheard of, but he's just so good with his vision. He's so good at making the first man miss. He's so good at falling forward. I mean, he's the key to this offense in terms of remaining on schedule. The difference for this offense in second and nine versus second and five is monumental, especially with the way that the passing game is going. But to your point, and that's been the key in the last two games, by the way, is the second and shorts versus second and longs for this team. Oh yeah. So if Minnesota is going to pull the upset this weekend, they're going to need Mo to have a gigantic game. They're going to need 200 yards from him. And I also think they're probably going to need a defensive touchdown, which it's not like this Penn state offense in October has been a juggernaut. They have three offensive touchdowns in two games in October. Ooh. So I think that also plays a part of the reason why Penn State's only a four-point favorite. Plus, they got some some quarterback injuries on their side of things. Is it going to be their six-year senior or their freshman stud quarterback? We don't know. It's, there's a lot of things of intrigue going into this game on Saturday night. Bielema's 9-0 and against the Gophers now. Is that is that true? Via Wisconsin, obviously. Yeah, now. ain't that a stat, by the way. I don't know what kind of voodoo he's got, but I, I'll tell you this much. That Illinois team is legit. And I know that a lot of people like to take shots at the Big Ten West this year because Wisconsin and Iowa are down, so everybody just perceives that the Big Ten West isn't very good. I think Illinois is a really good football team. Defensively, they have some studs that are going to be some top 100 draft picks. Um, they got a really good corner by the name of Devin Witherspoon. they got a, a defensive line that has got, I think, at least two NFL guys on it. And their defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters, has been tremendous. I think he should be – he played at Colorado and former – Go for offensive coordinator from last year, Mike Sanford, who is the interim head coach there, who, by the way, they just beat Cal for the first time. They got their first one of the season last week. Like, Illinois is a good football team. Minnesota made them look, I think, a little better, especially offensively, than they are. But they have a a really good running back by the name of Chase Brown, who leads the Big Ten in yards after contact and missed tackles for. So it is Chase Brown. Okay, so I spent the last 45 seconds panicking about who that running back was. No, I thought it was former Vikings tight end Chase Ford. (laughs) So so I'm glad you said Chase Brown because I was going with Chase Ford. And as soon as you said it, then... I mean, ah. so there are, I mean, there are Brett Bielema team and yeah. from, you know, when he was at Wisconsin where they have a really good running back an offensive line that can move mass and they have a defense that is very talented. I, again, I think Illinois should be considered probably the front run in the big 10 West. It wouldn't shock me at all to see them go 10 and two this year. And again, it's a credit to what Brett Bielema has done there. Well, and it's, it is such a buzzkill because you go through the non-conference and then even if you want to use the age old, which these were, I mean, we just absolutely. You uh, outscored opponents 153 to 24. There you go. So it's like, okay, you know, cupcake central potentially. But then you go and you beat up on Michigan State. And it's oh. like, okay, we're on to something. And as Gophers fans, we are talking about Iowa and Wisconsin being down. And so it is ours. Right. So the buzzkill of it, and, and now, you know, the Gophers in. You, you, you factor in injury, you factor in the late scratch for Mo against Purdue. Although the Purdue game, I think in the end, between these two losses, that one irritates me more it's even than Illinois. Exponentially. You yeah. had, again, you miss a chip field goal for 28 yards, and then you have one bounce off the receiver's chest in the end zone that would have, like, you gave away 10 points in that first half. You yeah. gave them points on those two drives. It could have been 13 to 6, you leading at halftime. And then I believe they got the ball to start the second half. That game is completely changed. If you just win that game, the West, even if they lose against Illinois on the road last week, 
is still very attainable, but they had so many chances in both of the last two games. They're leading in the second half against Illinois. They're tied into the fourth quarter with Purdue, and they just don't make the plays. And to your point, that's frustrating because that's what I thought about the West coming into the year, that Iowa wasn't particularly great. With I thought Wisconsin was going to have a down year. Now, I didn't think it was going to result in Paul Chris being fired, but... By Bielema, by the way. Yeah, how about Bielema that? rolled into Madison and said, you're out, Paul. Yeah, welcome to the Jim, Le- Jim Leonard tenure. Alvarez but, ain't here to save you now. Yeah, but again, I think Purdue is a good football team, but you look at even that Purdue versus Wisconsin game this weekend. I don't think Purdue has won against Wisconsin in like 18 years or something. Okay, and that's, that's good for us. And that's why Wisconsin's actually a home favorite, even though they've lost four of their last six and Purdue's won four of their last five. So, Well, we need Wisconsin to win because right now we need both Purdue and Illinois to lose two more games than we do the rest of the way. Correct, because both of them are going to hold the tiebreaker. So if you want Minnesota to win the West, number one, the easiest way is to just win out. Now, an easiest way in air quotes here, because you have to win on the road in a whiteout, which Penn State's won four of the last five whiteout games, but you're going to have to win the final five, and then you're going to have to hope for some help. Now, Illinois has got Michigan on the schedule yet. They also have a head-to-head with Purdue. But if this is going to happen, you're going to need Wisconsin to bow up. They got that tough one against Northwestern, I think, at the end of the season, too. So How about that? Wildcats. Well, even for the Gophers after this game, you look at the next three games, it's Rutgers, Nebraska, Northwestern. I could argue that's three of the bottom four teams in the Big Ten. And then you end the year with Iwood home on senior day, which if there was ever a year for Fleck to get off the schneid, against Ferentz, it's going to be at home against this Iowa team. Yeah. And then you have Wisconsin in Madison, which Pete's, you know, Pete's in love to Brett. But when Graham Mertz can't decimate a Michigan State secondary that is absolutely brutal, and they lose in overtime, was it overtime or double overtime against uh, Michigan State last week, he threw for 141 yards against arguably the worst secondary in the Big Ten. <laughs> now, I understand he threw for five touchdowns against Northwestern the week before, but, Didn't they? Ch- and, and still, they choose. They chose him over Jack Cohn. Is that accurate? Yeah. Again, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. I don't think Wisconsin's starting quarterback for 2023 is currently on the roster right now. Now, we'll see if that proves out. But th- there's an opportunity yet, but they're going to need help, as you note. I mean, that's yeah. why it just it, it kills you that they couldn't at least split the last two games because if they do, there's still a viable path to the West. But now it's like, I don't know, a 10, 10% chance, especially if they don't win this weekend. Well, I guess we're all on the Badgers this weekend then. Okay, go ahead and beat Purdue, and then lose out. That's fine, including uh, we'll be keeping that axe, by the way, Bucky. But, uh, man, just it's it's a tough situation now. With uh, When I was in the break, Gargi's over there. He was, or he was over there. He's heading out for, uh, for this game uh, tomorrow night. But the defense, of all the things frustrating offensively, I would say save for a couple of breakdowns. Joe Rossi has had this thing so fantastic. I mean, you know, and I I haven't looked at the updated stats since the Illinois game, but we're talking a top 10 defense in all of FBS. Yeah. Like that's the level that he has them running at, which kind of lends to, man, we, we had so many things going for us just a few short weeks ago, you know? Yeah. Well, that's where coming into that game last week against Illinois, in the first five games of the season, they had allowed 10 third down conversions as a defense. That means they're averaging two third down conversions against them a game. It's now, not bad. they actually do well against Illinois in that category. They allow six of 17 third downs. But the issue is Illinois goes for four fourth downs, which I don't know when the last time was I watched a football game at the collegiate or pro level where I watched a team go for it four different times on fourth down. They convert all four. And the issue is a couple of, of those 
or fourth and five and fourth and six. Well, the issue becomes you got the stop on third. They extended it on fourth. And on those four fourth down conversion drives, they got 16 of their 26 points. You get off the field on half of those, cut that in half. They only give up nine points. Maybe that's a different football game. Yeah. But that's why they were on the field for 89 plays last week. That go for defense was 89 plays. They just couldn't find a way to get off the field. They couldn't find a way to get that turnover, which they found a way against Purdue. They get three turnovers, but then the offense only turns into three points. And that's why I'll continue to come back and say, if Minnesota is going to win in happy Valley tomorrow night, they're going to need turnovers and they're probably going to need a defensive touchdown, which again, Sean Clifford, if he's out there, their quarterback, their six-year guy, is only completing 44% of his passes in October so far. So that means there's going to be some oh, errant throws. Go. There's, I mean, potentially going to be some errant throws, but if they can stop the run and make the quarterback to beat them, it's going to be the same game plan for both defensive coordinators. Stop the run, make that quarterback beat you. Now the question is going to be, is it going to be Tanner? Is it going to be Ethan? Is it going to be Sean Clifford or the five-star true freshman for them, Drew Aller? All things we get to find out tomorrow night. You know what? You know why it doesn't matter? It's because we got Mo. Let's just let's run for three hundred tomorrow and just Cali McManus. Just don't completely screw it up. It, I mean, if Minnesota wins tomorrow night, Ooh, I would be five and a half. Gophers, Gophers plus five and a half. All right, so that line's moved here in the last twelve hours or so. But if Minnesota wins tomorrow night, as I continue to say, Mo's going to have to run for two hundred but they're also going to have to hit a couple of shots in the passing game because this Manny Diaz defense for Penn State, I don't think is incredibly, you know, the, the Penn State defense of yesteryear, but they are going to put 8-9 in the box, and they got a couple of corners who are really good at press man, which is what Minnesota struggled in. They're going to have to hit some shots tomorrow night. Well, Dalen Wright, feel free to make the trip. Feel free to get some separation. Feel free to make some plays. Feel free to score a touchdown. Thanks for hanging out, man. I appreciate you. Ryan Burns, at Ryan Burns, MN via Twitter. GopherIllustrated.com. Follow along. To, uh, it's a pair and a spare podcast with Mr. Scoggins and Mr. Guard. Uh, everything maroon and gold, of course, uh, you can follow it via Ryan Burns. Final segment, 9 to noon. Is the Fed. PA. Thanks again so much. Uh, Pat Micheletti, of course, in studio earlier on the Minnesota Wilds college hockey going on. I missed the, you know, it's not, a, you don't have to miss it anymore, but, you know, Gophers in North Dakota, such a badass rivalry and matchup this weekend at, at Mariucci. Um, my Mavs, hashtag horns up. They're up in St. Cloud. Sweet college hockey games this weekend, but of course the Wild in Boston finally getting a victory last night. Thanks to Pat Mick 2626 for hanging out in the studio. And then uh, Michael Grady, Wolves Vox, Wolves at Target Center tonight. That's going to be fun as well. And Wolves eight and a half point favorites 
over the visiting Utah Jazz. There's the Rudy Gobert playing his former team angle. But there's also, this is a team that is kind of on the fly, a lot like our favorite football team who are in a bye. Uh, they're going to have to figure out, Carl Anthony Towns is going to have to figure out what his role is and how he's going to uh, maneuver himself on the court with Rudy there. And uh, let's let's see fewer technicals, please. Uh, let's see more, maybe uh, uh, better shot selection. But the passing was unbelievable. So the distribute the district. <laughs> The distribution of Carl. There we go. We said a word. We said a word. Uh, the distribution of Carl Anthony Towns was awesome. More of that, please. And then Ant just had, I mean, just an awful opening night. Looked too juiced for the game. So uh, he'll be better tonight. Excited for another Wolves victory. And uh, as the, the Vikings are on a bye, can't wait to have the opportunity with a belly full of ribs and steak to watch NFL games and watch the Packers lose at Washington and all of those things. Right, Brad? That's correct. Yeah. And <laughs> real quick, we have like four minutes left in the show. Can we just run through some of the, the NFL odds and ends here for this week? Is that okay with you? Yeah, I'm in on that. Let's do it. Ooh, okay. What are we doing? Well, we're just running through the odds and, and maybe uh, give some picks as well here. Okay. Um, the noon kick uh, well, there's a ton of them, but the Lions, Cowboys, Lions going to Dallas, hopefully a returning uh, Swift uh, for Detroit. DeAndre uh, Swift. Yeah, correct. Um, the Cowboys are seven point favorites. Who okay. do you like? Uh, well, we watched Hard Knocks. We all love Dan Campbell. We all love Jamal Williams. We love Deuce Staley. We love all of them. And we love the tears and the emotion that go into a team that's trying to get better. This team is one in four for a reason because they're not better. And Jeff Okuda might be coming might be becoming a shutdown corner. That's great. And, uh, of course, uh, they still have to figure out the skill positions and the weapons that they have there. Uh, they're going to get absolutely lambasted by the Cowboys, who have Dak Prescott returning. Uh, Cowboys, if they're seven-point favorites, they're going to win by they're going to win by ten. Okay. Uh, the, the Giants, the five-and-one Giants. I just can't wait for let's, to get to your game. Well, we'll get there when we I get know. there. Okay. Um, <laughs> Giants, so Giants are at the Jags? Correct. Yeah, okay. the five-and-one Giants. Huh? Uh, the Jags, three-point favorites at home, despite them being two and four. Yeah, this one's going to be tough. I will take the Jaguars minus three. And I don't know why I'm still trusting. I, I, I love Saquon, and I love what Dable and company are doing. But now they're, they're starting to get into this realm of of winning some games that feel like, you know, that they lose the Ravens game until Lamar Jackson helps them win the Ravens game by throwing one of the worst interceptions uh, that you'll ever imagine in a big spot last week. Uh, the Jaguars, the defense is better. Uh, they're still trying to figure their way out there you know, with Doug Peterson's Jags, but I'm taking the home team to win. Jaguars minus three. Uh, the Colts are going to Tennessee in the battle of mediocrity. Uh, the Titans are two point five point favorites we're gonna say two and a half points we're, yeah. we're gonna say two i wanted and to say half. two point favorites and then it was two and a half and i stopped myself so okay yeah. no, two fine. and a half point favorites sometimes i can't i don't know how to talk either it's okay distribution um colts plus two and a half with i have no analysis <laughs> um, now i'm shooting from the hip there we go okay um falcons going to visit joe burrow and the cincinnati Bengals. Bengals six and a half point favorites. Bengals about to get hot here. They, I don't want to say they were lucky per se, but they struggled all week last week against the 
uh, against the New Orleans Saints before the late touchdown pushed them in front. They're three and three. They need to be better. They they're feeling that pressure off the Super Bowl appearance last year, and they continue on. Falcons a little upstart, but they've won games they shouldn't have won, and probably most recently the win they they had over the Niners. So Bengals minus six and a half. Uh, we're still in the noon kicks here. Uh, Cleveland headed to Baltimore to face Lamar. Uh, the Ravens are home favorites, six and a half points. Ravens minus six and a half. They're reeling after that loss to the Giants last weekend. The Browns, Jacoby Brissett, that's played itself out. They're just waiting for Deshaun to uh, get back on the field. Uh, other than uh, Mr. Chubb, uh, they don't have a lot going for them right now. And a generally talented defense isn't playing well enough. The Ravens cover. Uh, the Bucks are heading to Carolina to face the McCaffrey-less Panthers. Um, and it looks like, I can't even, it opened as a 10-point favorite for the Bucks, And now it is a 13. It just, I literally just watched it update to a 13-point favorite. The, the, the Bucks the are going to cover because the Panthers are in complete disarray. Uh, everyone thought new head coach, they'd go to the Rams and they'd make it interesting because the Rams have, have problems. And uh, the Rams beat them by two touchdowns. The Buccaneers are so... Um, so probably, I would say, seething slash mad slash red alert after losing in Pittsburgh. Uh, they'll take the win. And, well, let's just do one. I think there's one more noon game. I, I don't know. I don't know if there is another noon. Okay, there is. Packers at Commanders. Packers are five-point favorites. <sighs> Commanders take, plus five. Take the Commanders. Taylor Heineke, yeah. let's go. Taylor Heineke. Uh, thank you so much uh, to you, Brett, for hanging out with me today. And one more time, whether it's Burnsy on the Gophers, Micheletti on the Wild, Grady, uh, New Wolves, Vox. You'll get to see him and Jim P tonight. Thanks for his time this morning. Thank you for listening to 9 to Noon whenever you choose to do so. Everybody have an awesome weekend. And uh, the Grum, the program, is next. Cheers, everybody. It's the fam. Podcast today's Paul Allen Show. Or listen back to previous show and interviews by going to the iHeartRadio app or KFH.